three. Welcome to Almost World Podcast. This is El Mador Jr., your host. And it's awesome to have my, my friend Francis Von de Cavier. He's from Belgium. And um, Francis, can you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Francis Van de Cavier. Uh, you pronounce it quite well. To, to not be a Dutch speaker because I'm from Belgium and uh, I speak Dutch. That's uh, Belgium is a little country in Europe. We have uh, 11 million inhabitants. Um, I'm 34 years old. I used to work as a poker dealer with the cards in the casino and uh, now I work in an electronic casino. But I have a lot of time to, to read books, to be on the internet, to, to talk with fellow people so yeah I think maybe I can help a little bit. <laughs> um, when I was young I was five years old I went with my dad to the church he, he is an organ player so uh, he always was there every week. Uh, I went as well and I was like thinking why do I have to be here and I asked can God or someone give me a sign anything and there was nothing and Okay, that was something, that's just a feeling, but now when you think logically about it, when you know like the Earth universe is 13.7 billion years old, and humans are around for like 2 million years, maybe 5 million years tops, but that's a very long, long, long time. So I think it's not a lot for God to create this whole universe to have just a tiny, tiny planet where people worship him after 13.65 years. I, for me, it doesn't make any sense. We used to think the earth was like 8,000 years old in Christianity. Muslim world also thinks, I don't think they think it's 13 billion years, I don't know. But I think that's something you need to think about. You have this enormous amount of time. You have this enormous amount of space. And just the percentage of it is us as we can live. The rest of the universe is hostile for humans. We cannot live there. We die in space. So that's my take on it from that perspective. I think also um, you should have a, a God who is loving. And they say God created everything, right? So he also created things like parasites and viruses. There are viruses, there are parasites who live in your eye and they eat it. Why? If it was a loving God, I would not create this this horrible species we have. I think like uh, I once saw a fragment on YouTube YouTube with uh, Stephen Fry and uh, a pastor asked the guy, Stephen Fry, what would you say if you would enter heavens? Against all odds, you see God. And he asked Stephen Fry, what would you say to God? And Stephen Fry, he said, um, he would be angry at God. He say, why would you create this world full of misery and diseases? Why did you have to create the mosquito? Why did you have to create the eye-eating parasites? Why is there so much misery? I mean, God didn't make it better. We humans made it better. We prayed to God, please make it better. Make like the pest in 1350, it killed 20%, 50% of all Europeans. They pray to God, nothing, nothing happens. We, the only reason why we have these epidemics a bit under control is because we have science, we have testings. I don't think any prayer helped. They did studies to prayers and 
thousand people prayed for sick people, and they all they didn't pray for the others, and the results were the same. The people who were prayed for, they they had as much life left as the ones who wasn't prayed for. Understand? So it doesn't make any difference whether you believe or not. I think because they in the Bible they say or in the Quran whatever they say, God He knows everything. He's the best guy, and I think He made a lot of mistakes. If there was a God, He didn't create it perfect. I think it it could have been a much better world without mosquitoes. What do they do? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have created that. I think every good human would not have created this. And also God, you know, in the Bible, Quran, He doesn't abolish slavery. He doesn't say slavery is bad. He He just says it is there because it took it took the British to to take out slavery not God, and he's against gays and everything. I don't have a problem with, with gays. I mean, they're animals, penguins, they are gay. I mean, why have a problem with those people? I don't have a problem with them, but apparently God does, or maybe the people who created God, but <laughs> that, that's my opinion again. Okay, so in terms of being an atheist, um, f for you, what is uh, morality? Um, so, what is morality for me? That's a good question. Um, it's already answered in the Bible. I think you have the Ten Commandments, love the other one as you would love thyself, something like that. But um, Yeah, but I thought you didn't yeah, believe in the believe Bible. It, but sometimes they have some good things in it. Eh? Um, but uh, also, that's not original from the Bible. That's, that's 10,000 years old. I just think you need to be as good to another as you're good to yourself. I think that's that's the golden rule, they say. So, yeah, I think that's in every religion a little bit. Okay, so in a way, you, you don't you don't believe in the Ten Commandments then, only in yeah, the golden I rule. Yeah, I believe in the golden rule. Because in the Ten Commandments, it, it, uh, it says there that you should... Um, yes, worship I don't God believe in that one. Not no, I think the only good thing uh, from the Ten Commandments is that you should not steal, you should uh, honor thy father and thy mother. Of course, of course, but I don't think there's only one God to be honored. Uh, that's not my my take on it. You know, there are, of course, there are some good things in the Bible and in the Quran as well, but there are many bad things in them. That's why I don't like it. Sometimes you have contradictions as well. Yeah, and um, in terms of, for example, um, what what you think is right and wrong? You said that you believed in the golden rule, yes. and so that's sort of ethics, yes. right? I think uh, rather rather than morality. I, I read a book uh, from Alan Shermer. He's also an atheist. Or I, I'm uh, sorry, Michael Shermer, and he's an atheist. And it's about the moral arc who is expanding. And he talks about um, first you can love your family, your mother, your father. Then you can love your family, then it goes wider, friends, then it goes to your city, then your country, but you can also like the continent, you can like the whole world, every race, you can like animals, it goes further, plants, you mean, and I think um, progressively we expand our moral circle, we expand it, and I think in the Bible and the Quran the circle is very small. They also say to the Jews, take all the country from the Canaanites. They say, it's for you. They ignore the people who live there. They just take their country. And God doesn't say it's bad. No, they just say it's your country. Take it. I don't think that's good. We should yeah, live together. 
do you think you have free will? Also a very good question. Um, there are different takes on this. You know, I think I, I have a quote for this from Richard Feynman. Can I say it? Um, I, I think it's much more interesting to live not knowing than to have answers which might be wrong. There are different degrees of certainty and I am not afraid of, of not knowing. Sometimes it's, it's okay to say you don't know it. That's a quote from Richard Feynman, he's a physicist. So I, I have no answer for that. I think I, I have sort of free will, but I don't know in, in what degree I have one. I, I believe, yeah, I believe I, can, I have a little effect, I have choices, yeah. I think so, but I think it's 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 unclear. It's very unclear. I think we have more free will than like animals have free will. It's 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 layers. I don't know in what percentage you have free will or not. I think it's unclear. How is it there in Belgium <laughs> ah, <you know? laughs> during um, this pandemic? They they used to say we have the highest number of uh, of of dead people, the highest mortality rate. And it's because uh, we have a very elderly population and we have a very high population density of around, I think, 360 people per square kilometer. So we are a small people with lots, lots of inhabitants. We also have many people in our elderly homes who have passed away. But the thing is, when you get in a home in Belgium, you the average time you spend there is one year to two. You only get admitted when you're very old. And they they died of COVID, but they already had severe diseases. Otherwise, they would not have ended up there. So I think that's one of the reasons we have an elderly population. We also maybe we acted a bit slow. Yes, we also don't have a government. So yeah, we have five, six ministers responsible for health. It's not very well organized. We have very good healthcare in Belgium, but maybe we weren't prepared, but there was no country well prepared, maybe except for Taiwan, Vietnam, because they already had SARS, they were well prepared. In Europe, we were not so good prepared as in the United States. How are you per personally uh, doing? Uh, well, doing I work pandemic? in a casino, and, uh, because we have lots of people from all the countries visiting casino. We were in lockdown since 16 March. So I was home, but since I live in Belgium, I got welfare and I didn't, I still got 80% of my wage. So I don't miss money. Um, we restarted that July 1. So that's uh, three months and a half out of business, but you know, everybody can come in, but they have to wear masks. I also wear masks all the time at my work. So we are very cautious. We, we wash hands. Um, we also do the contract tracing thing. Everybody who goes in gives their uh, telephone number and their name so we can contact them if there would be any uh, case. Oh, what did you think of how the world reacted to the, the COVID-19? You know, because... Uh, not many actually re reacted too early. Yeah, not not many reacted early enough. Correct, correct. Um, but the ones who did, they did it quite well. I think Vietnam also has very little 
cases because they had experience with this in the past and their their inhabitants they know there can be some very ugly diseases so the the people there they were also well prepared here in Belgium there is a lot of discussion whether masks are good not good whether they should wear them whether they should, should keep social distancing but in those countries that have very few cases I think the people already got some experience with previous outbreaks like MERS, SARS, so they were better prepared than this and they were prepared to listen to the government. Here half of the people was listening, the other half, <laughs> they don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah, I think it's it's different for all of Belgiums because we have Belgium split in two parts. We have a French-speaking part, Wallonia, Wallonie, La Wallonie. And uh, I live in Flanders where we speak Dutch, so there are already, I don't know, I think the third of the people voted for a party that wants to be independent, that wants Flanders independent. So if you ask the question to another guy in Belgium, he can say a lot of different things than, than I would say. But I think Belgium is a good country to live in because we have good food, we have welfare system, like, like my father is sick, he has kind of cancer, um, the treatment costs 20 to 30,000 euros sometimes, one month, but it's paid by the government, so we don't go broke. I think that's very good, in America we would, we would have gone broke, but no, the, the hospitals are very good, and, and they, because of our social system, it's um, very good, we, have a, we don't go broke simple like that yeah and um, in terms of for example um, the culture in Belgium can you uh, explain to me uh, some of the weird parts of being <laughs> from, parts. from that country I don't, part. I don't consider it weird because I'm a part of it so, um, <laughs> um, I have to think about it we like fries with mayonnaise I don't think other countries put mayonnaise on their fries um, so I think they say in our country we are Burgundians and they are we are people who like to eat well, who like to live well because they used to be in our region uh, since 700, the year 700 past Christ, there were Burgundians here and they, they were people who enjoyed living and who had big parties, very big parties to impress the other guys, they threw parties who costed millions in their times just to impress the other guy and maybe we still like but uh, as I work in casino I see a lot of French people so I can speak French also quite fluently and uh, but not I think half of the Flemish people speak French but we all do we all speak English every guy in Holland as well as in Flanders we all speak English because uh, when we see it on the television uh, it's, it's not dubbed other countries they sometimes dub but we always have subtitles here so we can we hear, we hear the English so <laughs> we, we learn it like that our, prime, our previous Prime Minister is the son of Italian immigrants and uh, who worked in the mine and he was, he's also gay and he was a Prime Minister and nobody had a problem with that. We had a problem with it because he was socialist, but not other thing was mentioned. So in Belgium, it's you have a lot of uh, social mobility. When you're the son of minors, Italian, you can become a prime minister. And and um, to be honest, like um, you know, to, if you're living in Europe, 
I would assume that in a way you ha- you have more privilege than those who have, were born in uh, course, developing course, countries, yeah. I guess. We are very lucky to be born here, simple as that. Because I'm born here, yeah, I have friends who don't work, but it's no problem because social welfare pays them. I mean, yeah, they they, they have a problem with, with, with a, a medical problem, but but they don't die, they don't go broke. The, the, the state looks after them. Maybe I look after them with high taxes, but it's okay. Because when we have problem, the other, the, 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 or our government, uh, yeah, takes care for everybody. Maybe a little too much, but it's okay. Wow. So everybody yeah, pays for like everybody. That. They used to have free public transport, but now they made it cheap. But you have to pay now a little bit. But I think it's good. Like especially in wealth and. Uh, when you get sick, when I go to the doctor, I pay 20 euros and I get everything back. I only pay 5 euros, you understand? I, I Everything goes back to my account. We have a system for that. When you get sick here, you, you get paid after and you, you can cure and you can go back to work. But anyways, yes. um, do you see a lot of immigrants there that go, uh, from like Asian countries or African countries going to Belgium? In Belgium, we have a lot of Turkish people and people from Morocco, from Africa, because in the 70s, 60s, we needed people in the mines. So we made publicity in Italy, Morocco, Turkey to come here and work here. So we have uh, maybe a lot of those people who worked in the mines, but it's especially in the big cities like Brussels, Antwerp, where we have a lot of immigrants. And maybe we have some problems with, with um, it's harder for them to get some work and maybe some of them just don't work as well so it's difficult in cities sometimes you have you have problems but I live in the countryside so here it's very we, we, we also have immigrants here but we don't have problems because in the cities you might have ghettos you know like I think last week it was on the news there was a fire truck and he was attacked by people throwing rocks and it was in, in the in the big city you understand that's a good question um, we had some problems with people the problem is this is a hard question the problem is when the police arrests you they give you paper you have to leave the country but the people just throw the paper away. Um, we have some gangs like from Romania, who other countries from Eastern Europe who do who are specialized in burgling, and so they go around to to uh, cities. They steal in the shops. The police arrests them. Yeah, it's difficult for everybody sometimes. Like in our prisons, there are 10,000 people in the prisons and I think half of them is not Belgian. So so sometimes it's a problem, but for these people as well, it's it's not easy to get the work. So we have to fix that as well. It's not a problem, dude. Anyways, um... Uh, for for uh, in your opinion, like what should uh, the Belgium do with the immigrants that keep coming? I think Belgium should work together with Europe. We have Frontex, and uh, we should guard our borders better. 
but I think also we should help the people in their own country better. We should have like aid, foreign aid. This is, is important. We should uh, educate the people in their own countries better. I think that's a big step. We should make everything better in their own country so they can help their own people. I think we should. There are many Syrians coming here because there's a war over there. And I think the West also has something to do with it. So we, we make our own refugees. Who's going to fix that? I don't think Belgium in itself can do something. We should work together with Europe, with the NATO, with everybody. Huh? I think that's why also we need to fight climate change because because of climate change you also have wars because people don't have food anymore. They have to flee. Because of climate change, the hunts over because of climate change, uh, Rome has fallen because the Huns, they took away from their steps. There was no food for the horses, so they, it's hard to for me in English, so they uh, scared away the other people, and the other people also had to move away, so they had to move away to Rome, something like that. Climate change has done a lot in history. Yeah, and I want to ask you about more about history, because um, I, I have no idea about the history of Belgium, and I would love okay. to hear that from you. I think you have to see it in a bigger part. You have Belgium. We are independent since 1830. We then officially Belgium has begun. But I think you have to see it in the whole of Europe. I think you have. Uh, we used to have uh, in Dutch we say Hallier, the the Halliers, and they were people who lived here when the Romans um, were here. Julius Caesar he went to Belgium. And he say, of all the people, the Belgium are the most fierce people, he said. The Gallians, he said. <laughs> so I think you have to go back to the Romans to, to see your history. Um, yeah, and then the other people, the, the Franks also got here. We got invaded by the Spanish. Um, they were Catholic. And then uh, you had Holland, who is our neighbor in the north. And the north... They weren't invaded by Spain, or maybe a little, but they are Protestant, Protestant over there. So there's a schism in church, Catholics, Protestants, and Belgium is supposed to be Catholic. So there's a lot of a lot of history. I don't think you can say, oh, 1830, Belgium got independent. Yes, but you have to look 2,000 years ago to see the whole big picture. You also have the big different Flanders and... Uh, and uh, Wallonie, that's also a difference. You also have a little part that is German, so <laughs> there's a lot of difference. Some people say it's not official country. Maybe it is, but what country isn't? <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I think you could uh, tell me tell me more about that, your, your history, even if it takes too, uh, very long. Okay, uh, I try, but uh, I also read some books about it. Like what I told you in the beginning, you have the Burgundians, the people who like to party. They were also, um, they used to be the boss here as well, you know, people from maybe originally France. They, they were boss here, but they let their sense, they, they learned French, they learned Dutch, they learned our language. So they could, yeah, you know, they became one of us, sort of speaking. You also have a... In 1302, 
they say it's the, the Independence Day of Flanders because then we fought against the French. The French, they were much better military, they had lots of money, and they had big horses. And uh, the Flemish people, they did not have any horses. But uh, when the French attacked, the it rained a lot, it rained a lot, and the horses, they got stuck, and they fell. And the Flemish people, they could kill the French people on their horses because they fell on the ground, on the wet, soaky ground. And they took uh, the things, I don't know what's name in English, but the, they say as porent, spores, maybe, yeah, yeah. And um, they took it as a sort of trophy, and that's the year 1302, and that's... It's the official day of independence for Flanders. That was that used to be a battle, but I think 20 years later the French came back and they, they killed people from Ghent. So it was lost again. But we don't remember that. <laughs> we don't talk about that. See, but there 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 have been a lot of people here. There have been the French people here. There have been Dutch people here. Spanish people. Romans were here. So uh, we are central in Europe. So yeah, we wanted to be neutral. But then the Germans, they wanted, Hitler wanted to take um, Paris, so he had to go through Belgium to do that. So uh, I think they, we were prepared. We had some forts, but I think they were very easily captured by the Germans. So uh, I think they took it, they took Belgium very well, very fast. And our king, he fled to England. So yeah, uh, it was not good for Belgium. Um, we all also have the very famous uh, the Battle of the Bulge. Sorry, <laughs> you have the Battle of the Bulge in 1944, the Blitzkrieg. That's when Hitler he came back and he wanted to to take back France from D-Day, you know. And in Bat in Belgium, we have a forest. They call it the Ardennen. In Dutch, we say the Ardennen Offensive, the Battle of the Bulge, in 1944. And Hitler came. Uh, so um, I want to ask you one last question, you know, because um. Um, it's been interesting thank you, thank talking you. to you, Francis. I, I hope everything I said is right because it's very hard for me. You have to tell me the history of Flanders. You know, it's 2,000 years history. It's hard for me to have to say it's like this, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I want to ask, um, because you're you're from Belgium, you know, and you raised the, the problems mm -hmm. yes. with the immigrants. Yeah. And um, it, it, with a person like you who 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 knows that uh, you're in Europe and you have been uh, dealt yeah, a good hand correct. in life you know um what good what uh, would you do to make a good difference in this world or how would you make, it a, make it a better place uh, i think education is is one of the most important things i think everybody needs to see i think everybody needs to read more books um about about philosophy, about economics, about ecology, about the cosmos. I think it would be better if everybody understands all all these things, and maybe if everybody could get to do what what they want to do, maybe they would take better care of their own country, of their own property, of the nature. I think that's important. We only have one planet. I think the most important thing is we have to take care of it. Lots of animals already went extinct. So I think we have to keep the ones who are left. And I think we need to treat everyone as good as possible. I think that's maybe that's the key. I think, yeah, people like Greta Thunberg. So that's the end of it. 
Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. Thanks.